Excellent. We've just been singing about God's promises and our Old Testament reading for today is from Genesis chapter 15. Uh, We're looking at verse 1 to 7 and in verse 18. And this is all about God's promises. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great, very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir, no one but your very own Issue, yes, yeah, sorry, I was making sure that we said, shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look towards heaven and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mark's going to bring the gospel reading. Otherwise, the people at home can't hear. Uh, Can we go back a slide? Is that okay? Thank you. Uh, Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox... I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. For surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, How often I have longed to gather your children together, as the hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you, desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Now, we've got two wonderful um, readings today, two wonderful parts of God's message, part of his story, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. So in the Old Testament, uh, we've got Genesis, we've got Abraham, who later becomes Abraham. And he is told that his children will inherit 
uh, from him, yet he doesn't have any children. He can't count them uh, on his hands because he hasn't got any. Uh, and actually, that last song that we sang when we did the stars in the sky, what was the, what was the action we did for the stars in the sky? Who can do it? Stars in the sky, like this. You do it in a toddler group as well when you sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And you do this because what you're doing is you're trying to make it look like you've got more fingers than you have. Um, but yeah, uh, the loads of stars in the sky. So Abraham is being told this, but he's saying to God, but I haven't got what you're saying. This is his third time of being told that he's going to have descendants that are going to be numerous. Um, and when he looks up at the stars, where God takes him outside, looks up at the stars, he says, you're going to have more descendants than the stars in the sky. Says, really? You see, the thing with this part of the story is Abraham can't see what God can see. How many patriarchs were there? Three. So we've got Abraham the first. This is the guy we're talking about. His son, Isaac. <laughs> Nearly got it wrong there. Um, and then we've got Jacob. And then from Jacob come the 12 tribes of Israel, the authority of God's people. Yeah? He can't see any of that. He's focused on that one little bit. But God can see further. And when he says to Abraham, look up the stars, look up at the stars, your descendants will be as numerous as these. He's talking about something that's bigger, but Abraham can't see that. But what we know in the Old Testament is often stuff in the Old Testament happens to show us something that's going to happen later on. Now, in order to un- really understand what he means about stars in the sky, the other alternative to that is the sands on the seashore. Now, there's quite a lot of sand. Now, we had sand last month, didn't we? I found the sand. And what I was going to do is I was going to ask a teenager, Katie, would you mind coming forward? Just down here. You haven't got to be on screen or anything like that. Do you want to bring your friend with you? Do you want to bring Shekinah? Come on, let me come. Because I've got two sets of um, tweezers here, and I've got some sand. Now, whilst I'm talking, what I want you to do is put the sand on your finger like that, yeah? And then between the two of you, I want you to grab one grain at a time and put it into here and start counting, yeah? And I'm going to keep checking in with you and see how far you've got, yeah? It's only a small pot. It's a very small pot. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't take too long. And I just want you to go one, two, three... So there's your tweezers. I found earlier on... It, oh. Never mind. Keep going. It's all right. I'll come back in a minute and see how many we've got. You see, when, when Abraham was told that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars, I don't think he probably really got what that meant. He couldn't see the way in which we see with the Hubble telescope or whatever the new telescope is. Couldn't see how vast that actually was. He's just looking up, seeing stars. And you see, the thing is... It's foreshadowing something that's going to come. Yeah? And when we look at this 12 tribes of Israel, what we hear in the New Testament is we hear about Jesus getting together 12 disciples. And we go, hang on, there's a similarity here. There's something else that sounds like something we've heard before. And when we hear of the patriarchs, those three, the main people that everything's going to descend from, We hear in the New Testament about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes and rests on on God's people, in God's people. And when the disciples go out, something different happens. You see, when 
Abraham was looking at his descendants, it had to be from his children. So he had to wait for a generation to grow up before they could have children. It's quite a long-winded way of doing things. When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, he said, people need to be born again. Oh, we've got this birth thing, an inheritance that's coming. When the disciples took what God was doing out into the worlds, they didn't have to wait for the next generation because the next generation was in front of them. And when they heard, they went and told somebody else. And I wonder if Abraham would have stood when he saw the early church start and seen what was going on and go, now that's the number of stars in the sky. That's the number of sands on the seashore. He was looking at it in one way, my descendants, my children, my children's children, and my children's children's children. There we go. Um, God's descendants that we get uh, brought into as believers in Jesus are immense and numerous. So my first point today from our Old Testament is we can't necessarily see how God sees But what Abraham does is he goes, but I trust you. And he is considered to be righteous because he trusts in God. We can't see what everything is happening, but we trust God. We know he has a plan. He gets to show us a few little bits and we get to marvel at his wisdom and what he's doing. But we can't see it in its fullness. Uh, Some of the um, shadowing stuff is we get to hear with um, Abraham actually took his son up the mountain because God said, would you actually give him back to me? Um, What does that foreshadow? The fact that Jesus came and was actually giving up his life for others. He was that sacrifice. We hear of uh, the story of Moses where he stood up in front of the powers of that time and said, let my people go. And then he took them in and out of the Red Sea. They went into the water, actually slaves and captives, and they came out free. And then we hear a Jesus turn up who says, I want to free God's people. I want you to give you life to the full, and I want you to be baptized. I want you to go into the water, trapped by sin, and released free. We get the same story coming. People are going, actually, I can hear and I can see what God is doing. Because I know this stuff from the past and the numbers come into it. So that is uh, Abraham. But we could have stopped there. But then we would have missed so much from what Jesus was doing. You see, Jesus uh, in the story, he is being told by the Pharisees, by the religious leaders, Jesus, stop and go away. And he says, no. When he is asked uh, uh, about Herod, he says, tell that fox. I love that. Jesus is the sort of person who doesn't mince his words. He says, go and tell that fox to go away. I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing. And he does this three. So we've got a bit of certainty here. It says, today and tomorrow and the third day. It's got the three. Today and tomorrow, I'm going to carry on doing what I do, which is casting out demons and bringing, I think it said a cure, but healing people. And on the third day, I will complete what I have been sent to do. You see, what Jesus is doing is saying, actually, I know what my job is. I am coming to um, bring stuff of God. Anything that's not of God goes. So the casting out of the demons is not of God. It's going to go. And I'm going to make people whole. I'm going to restore them. 
That's the healing. That's what he's there for. And then on the third day, things are going to change. He's going to finish his job. Now, the thing is, the Pharisees at the time wouldn't have really understood about the resurrection because it hadn't happened then, but they would have understood about Jonah. How many days was Jonah in the whale? Three. Where was he going? Nineveh. Excellent. Jonah was going to Nineveh with a word from God. He was a prophet going to tell them, you've got it wrong, turn back to God. Jonah didn't want to go, hence he ran. He spent three days in the whale and when he came out, he gave this message and the whole town turned back. Jonah was a little bit miffed at that point. Yeah, read the story, it's quite interesting. But they would have understood that the three days was relating to a prophet. So, okay, we've got that. But you see what Jesus does is he takes it there, but we know looking back at it that he's talking about his resurrection as well. That he will restore things um, completely. You see, what Jesus is doing is he's being quite creative in the way in which he is talking to people and showing them what is happening. Now, today, tomorrow, and the final day, there is a uh, wholeness, there is a time, things are going to be completed. Now Jesus goes on to say, and he comes back to this prophet bit, he goes on to say that I understand that um, prophets from the past haven't done that well in Jerusalem. They've come to a bad end at the hands of God's people. Jesus is actually saying, I know what I'm coming to. At this time of Lent, when we come towards Easter, we need to remember that Jesus knew what he was coming to. How are we doing with our sand? What are you up to? 226. 226. Right, so that's this church plus another church. Well done, keep going. Um, <laughs> got a way to go. It's going okay. Um, so yeah, um, Jesus is basically saying today, tomorrow, and on the third day. Now, um, he is making a statement that he knows where he has come from. He knows what is going to happen. He knows where he needs to be. The Pharisees would have heard certain things. And um, what I take from this in our time at the moment is Jesus understands all that happens. In the past, in the present, in the future. He was able to talk about his resurrection to people that might not have understood it at the time. But we get to read his words and go, but he understood. It's not something that is separate. Yeah. Um, Today, we live in a world that has a lot of uncertainty. And... We can sit there going, we don't understand what's going to happen next, whether it's with uh, war, whether it's with uh, coronavirus. And we can be in that place of going, oh my word, what's going to happen? A bit like Abraham was. He knows there's a promise, but I can't see it. And I think it's the same for us today, that we need to be in a place where we might not understand how it's going to go, but we need to look to God for our promise. And in our gospel reading today, we get to look to Jesus and what his promise fulfills. That day of resurrection, that third day, 
where things will be restored, things will be made new, they will be made right, there will be no more tears, no more crying. We will be his people. We will walk in his kingdom. Uh, That kingdom that I talked about, how many doors, how many gates are on that uh, New Jerusalem? Twelve. It's a big place. It's paved with gold. There's no sunshine, there's no moon, because God's glory, his presence, what we just sang about, resting on us, is there. The water of life comes out of the temple. The tree of life is by the river, and the, the leaves are for the healing of the nation. God restores everything. What Jesus is pointing us to today is the fact that we get to look to him for our solutions, for our way forward. Today, tomorrow, and on the third day. Our todays, our tomorrows. What do we get to do? We get to see God's kingdom come in. We get to see what God is doing. That's where we are called to be in our todays and our tomorrows and to look for his resurrection on that third day where he will restore things. Now, our todays and our tomorrows is where we want to bring this, in some ways, to a place of lifting up where we are at the moment to God. We're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer. Now, this week when I was preparing for today there was a particular song that came on on Spotify on my stream. I was driving to a garage. Um, I turned um, the radio on and this song came on. And I went, I can't believe how accurate that is for where God has been speaking today or for today and for the world in which we live. Yeah, It's a song I hadn't heard before. What we're going to do is we're going to play it and we're going to use it as a time of praying for a particular group of people. We're going to pray for those that are in Ukraine at the moment, uh, within their todays and their tomorrows. Um, We're going to ask our children to come forward. There's going to be a space over here uh, where our prayers are actually going to be quite tactile. How are you doing with this hand? What you got to? 583. Keep going. You're doing fine. Um, Our children are going to do um, the praying over here with their hands because we talked about when we worship, we use our bodies for our children. It's not just our words, it's also everything else that we do. So we're going to have some prayers over there. We're going to play some music. I'm going to ask you to read the words that come up, let them soak in, Uh, think about what it means. Uh, And then we're going to hand out some bits of paper. Uh, and some pens. If you want to write a prayer, you can. And then we're going to ask our children to come and put their prayers up here. Uh, We've actually chosen the lectern to hang it off uh, because that's where things are often proclaimed. Yeah, And we want our prayers uh, to be in a place of where they are are just proclaimed, that we want to see wholeness and freedom and peace and resurrection life in this situation. 